should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book. You can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we picked the million-dollar suitcase first. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, who would like you all to know that he thought the Republican Party was fascist before Joe Biden did. <laughs> Semi-fascist. Benedict! Biden said. How does it feel to be a leader rather than a follower of this current trend? Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess I am a follower <laughs> in the sense that I followed you into it, so I'm still like... Oh, did you could even? We, or were you still at the end of that rejecting my claim? Could we? Yeah, I am uh, I am doubting <laughs> doubting Thomas of the, of the apostles of fascism or the apostles <laughs> of the coming of fascism. You are Jesus bringing it yep, in. Yep, uh, I do want. I do want the credit. I, I do want the credit that uh, weeks before this happened, I was already there. I am doubting Thomas poking your stigmata, going really, <laughs> really. Except my stigmatas are shaped like swastikas. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Wow, that's a strong opening to the podcast. Yes, it is, Benedict. And whoo, boy, that may leave some of the folks out there, but not you, obviously. <laughs> obviously not. Wondering what exactly it is we honestly, do on Honestly, it leaves this me wondering what exactly we do on this podcast. <laughs> and to them, I would say, of course, that this is the show where we go deep, 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 deep to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction and in between taking a look at other examples of the right doing their best to make America hate again. Benedict, start us off. Do you have a hot take for us this week? Oh, wow. We've really we've really gone into it. Um, yes, I do. I am uh, so happy. And it's a cool take that fall is here. Because remember when I was like, it's too cold. It should be summer now. I, yes, mistake, Benedict, mistakes. You do this four times a I year know. every time the fucking weather I, changes. I'm British and it's part of my character. <laughs> it's part of my heritage. So fuck off. Um... I was wrong. Mistakes were made. Summer should uh-huh. never come again. <laughs> Fall is here. I'm going to be in my cozy knit sweaters at my most powerful time of year. It's going to be great. On the fifth floor of your building where that's you will it. never walk down those stairs. Exactly. Because that's a lot. Exactly. Um, and what about you? What's your hot take? Uh, I'm going to be a real smug shit this week, Benedict, and say that my hot take is that Republicanism is fascism. By which I mean supporting the Republican Party of the United States okay. is fascism. That is a hot take. Brought mm, to you by Joe, Joe Biden's speech. You know, I think I could have written a better speech than his speechwriters yeah, did. Yeah, probably. I think I would have included a little bit more information on how this is fascism. Yeah, you don't want to be preachy, though. I mean, we do, mm. but Joe Biden I mean, doesn't I do, want to be certainly, preachy. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, I think it's pretty solidly established at this point. I mean, some of the responses to that were just fantastic, weren't they? Yeah. People out there be like, well, if you take what he said, Republicans, and replace that with Jews, then you see how evil this is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you replace the, the Nazis are bad with the Jews are bad, it really it really changes I was the way that works. Expe- oh, yeah. <laughs> you replace the Nazis did anything with any other group, it's bad. Um, I was kind of expecting it to, to you know, the champagne joke. 
Of yeah. like, it's not actually fascism unless it's produced in the Rome <laughs> region of Italy, which I can definitely see people doing. Like, it's not fascism if Mussolini didn't lead the movement. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's great. That's good stuff. But uh, I really think, um, you know, I, obviously I've been saying this for a while now. I definitely think it's true. And there is like, what, you know, I have to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer out there because a lot of people who maybe haven't read into fascism in the way that you or I have, or certainly the way I have, I don't know what the fuck you've done. I listen uh, listen to most of the shit that you've read, honestly. <laughs> have been out there and sort of done the, well, he's saying the Republicans are Nazis, and the Republicans are Nazis. It's like, no, no. I have always been very clear that the American right in this country are not Nazis. Mm-hmm. They are fascists. There are some Nazis a, amongst them. There are some Nazis among them. That is true. Richard Spencer, for mm-hmm. one. Uh, but for the most part, they are just fascists. And there is a distinction that needs to be made there. Because Nazism is its own uh, bag of, of potatoes that has to be dealt with. Uh, I don't know why I chose potatoes there. Uh, but anyways, that, that's, that's that. That's our hot takes. Benedict, why don't we move on? What's on your bookshelf this week? Well, this week, Kevin very kindly brought me a book. Uh, oh, go we, fuck yourself. Go we, fuck yourself. No, this was mine. You can't do this. Yeah, I can. This one was mine. Yeah, That's I the can. reason I sent you yeah, that book. I can. It's The Anatomy of Fascism by you Robert dick. J. Paxton. You fucking you dick. let me go first. <laughs> uh, it literally arrived at your home today. Yeah, Robert O. Paxton. Sorry, I said J. Uh, o oh, right. God. Uh, yeah, that's it. Robert O. Paxton, The Anatomy of Fascism. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, I'm really excited to read it. And thank you, Kevin, for letting me steal your bookshelf. <laughs> now who's unprepared? You! <laughs> because I prepared you by having a book Literally waiting at your home at when you arrived door. today. And me going, book, me doing like word association, bookshelf, book, Paxton, fascism. <laughs> well, Benedict, as someone who has actually read that book already, why don't I suggest it to people? Uh, I guess I'll also do it since it was the one I had chosen to suggest today. Because again, I'm sticking with my theme Why of being you a smug Paxton's shit. Paxton's Vichy France. That's what this book is advertising on the front cover of it. <laughs> oh, mine! You're, you must have a different version than mine. I mine guess. doesn't advertise anything. Mine just has the, the normal. It cover. says Robert O. Paxton, author of Vichy France. Oh, so. okay. I uh, I don't have it in front of me. It's uh, over at my partner's house right now. So, uh, but I do highly recommend that book. Um, if, if you want a basic overview of fascism, and obviously, you know, people have contested Paxson's definition. Uh, I wouldn't say his is absolute, but I think it's a good overview. He's a great historian. He is, if you remember, the guy who Dinesh D'Souza tried to trick, or did successfully, I would say, trick into being into his documentary because he didn't know what Dinesh D'Souza looked like. Yeah. So Dinesh was able to just get him to show up and I, sit down I for I an recall. interview. Yes. Uh, so if he's good enough for Dinesh D'Souza, he's good enough for us. That's what I'll say about Robert Pattinson. He is far too good for Dinesh D'Souza. Very much so. But anyways, moving on, a little bit of housekeeping this week. First off, remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Uh, follow us on the social medias at NYGBC or other Pod podcast platforms. Sure. Other places. All the places. And hey, look, you know what? There are people right now, right now, as my words are being played are through your headphones, page. into your earballs, uh, who are on their phones scrolling... You are not leaving us a five-star review. How dare you? How You presumably had to go you? to your podcast player to get this on your 30 seconds. Phone. Takes you 30 hit, seconds. Hit five stars. Yeah, well, I like it when stars. they leave a written even, review. Look, even four that's, stars. That's I'll take four stars. Do if, it. If you like it. I won't take four stars. No, Better Kevin will be very stars. angry. I uh, I, five star only. Fuck you if you're four stars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't bother. 
But uh, follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod on Twitter and at NYGBCBen. Uh, and one update this week, and that is, of course, we have to announce, because this is today our final episode on Mark Levin's American Marxism. We are finishing the book today. Our next book, it has been decided. I did announce this on Twitter already, but some of you probably didn't see it. The next book will be The Great Reset by Alexander Emmerich Jones. Yes, that Alex Jones. That is what we <laughs> will be doing other next. Alex Jones? I'm sure that, well, fun fact, I follow all of his trials very closely, so I keep going to court websites and searching for Alex Jones, which returns too many results when I'm trying to pull yeah, up court documents. Name, so I often have to put in his middle name just to narrow it down mm, okay. so that I get the correct Alex Jones. I love that. Yeah, works out. But uh, so that is what we will be doing next. Benedict and I both have copies of the book now. Uh, we will be making donations to make up for the having bought that pile of shit. Yep. Uh, to uh, I believe I, I I haven't decided a hundred percent, but probably uh, Scarlett Lewis's Choose Love campaign. Uh, she's one of the parents from Sandy Hook who just won against Alex Jones nice. uh, down in Texas. Uh, so we will, of course, make up for... It's a brand new book. There wasn't any available used. It just came out weeks ago. Uh, so otherwise, I would have bought one used. But, you know, nothing we could do when we have time constraints like this. But that will be the next book. So that means that next episode uh, will be a regular Lunatic Fringe episode. We're not going to mix up the schedule in that way. But then the week following that, that will be a new introduction to Alex Jones. And some of you were saying, Oh, Kevin, didn't you already do an episode on Alex Jones? And... I will say, yes, I did an episode surrounding Alex Jones, but I don't think that episode particularly talked a ton about the man himself. Mm. I mean, for the most part, I think we spent more time talking about Bill Cooper than we did about Alex Jones on that episode. Yeah. So I think there's still plenty who to was, be talked who about. Was, in case people have forgotten, Alex Jones is insane. John the Baptist. Basically, Given the, yes. the religious basically. themes of this show. Uh, or his, uh, who, who was the guy, Saul and then Paul, uh, that guy? I think I think that one's more accurate. Uh, Bill Cooper is the Saul of no, uh, Alex Jones' No, I think Jones's he prepared world. the way for Alex Jones in the way that John the Baptist did for Jesus. Yeah, but I think Saul is the one who, well, maybe you're right. Maybe Alex Jones is Saul more like Saul spread Paul. the word of... Uh, yeah, uh, he, yeah, he maybe that's the, Alex yeah, Jones' yeah, yeah. role. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I'll give you that one. Uh, but anyways, so there is plenty of ground to be talked about as far as Alex Jones go. We will have an episode introducing him like we normally do with all of our authors. And then we are off to the fucking races, baby. This one, and the book is not, uh, I will say, I haven't counted the pages or looked at the, the page numbers, but it is not as thick as most of the books we normally do. Absolutely. Uh, Thank gosh. Yeah. So, so who knows? Um, I have barely skimmed it and I can't tell you much about it yet, but it looks crazy. And I think that's what we really need because it's what we've been missing for a while. Yep. It's what we wanted from Mark Levin's book. Didn't get it. And what we really only got in this last chapter that we're going over today. Right. Should we do it? Oh, no, there's other uh, stuff to do. Spooky New World Order. Uh, yeah, yeah, inductions into the Spooky World New World Order, of course. Uh, why don't we do that? Uh, this week, we have one inductee, and I'm just now realizing I may not have updated my list from last episode. Well, can episode, I do one so... then? Can I, uh, can sure. I have one in? Sure, why don't you? Uh, Tinker's Dam got to me on uh, on Twitter to tell me uh, how their child Skell did in their GCSEs. Oh, yes. So uh, I think we should induct Skell into the Spooky New World Order for doing Skell great. Skell and, and Tinker's Dam, of course, both great people. Why, you are now part of our 
New World Spooky World Order. Now go cross and there's those also, someone gave you a music recommendation, That's and true, I don't yeah. remember who that was. I can figure it out while you talk. Uh, while Benedict figures out, I will vamp, and why don't I just, just play some clips here? I Up mean, yours, moralist. <laughs> I guess that's how we we'll vamp. We'll see who cancels who. That's right. Uh, so it was... Do, 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 uh, Dan Irizarry. Dan Irizarry. Hopefully you are now part of ours. New World Spooky World Order. Yeah. Thank and you. And because it's on my list, and I don't know whether this was added by me sometime during the last week or if I just forgot to delete after last week, Gamork, you're now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Yeah. Thank you all oh so very much. Of course, if you would like to join our Spooky World New World Order, you can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommending it to others. Send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can. Drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity of any amount. Or, of course, become a patron. Or just get my attention with something good. And I'll get you in there. But Benedict, with all that out of the way, why don't we do this week's final, final, final thankfully, final. Mark Levin clip. Why don't we see what he had to say? This is from uh, August 30th, 2022. So last week sometime. Uh, and this, uh, this is from MediaMatters.com. And it is titled, Fox News host Mark Levin says, Biden's criticism of Republican is, quote, what genocidal regimes do. Mm. So he did not take it well. Let's see how he went. The dehumanization of your opponents. Is what I love to do. No, okay. Which is extraordinarily dangerous. This is what regimes do, totalitarian regimes. They dehumanize their opponents. This is. I mean, that is what Mark does. We've seen that in this book. Yeah, yeah. Where he's talking about, uh, you know, I, I don't remember the, the exact word that I keep, kept latching onto whenever we read through it. But he would talk about how uh, all these, these people, these American Marxists... They're all uh, malcontents. That was the word I kept latching mm, yeah, onto yeah, whenever yeah, you use yeah, it. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. It's just, it is. That is what he's doing. This is what Biden, again, a street thug, sleazeball politician. That's all. Biden as a street thug. Well, he did that... beat up. What was his name? <laughs> the, at the swimming pool? I forget. Corn pop? Corn pop. Yeah. Is that who he beat up? <laughs> That's who I'm thinking of, yeah. I want I want the 1963 picture of Joe Biden in a leather. You know what? I'm sure this picture actually exists. Oh, I'm sure that yeah. Mark Levin is basing his street thug thing off the fact that Biden has been pictured in a leather jacket. Yeah, before. yeah. eating an ice cream like after street fighting <laughs> with yeah, the yeah, aviators. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tough it's always ever been. It's always ever will be. That's what the history books will say. If they tell the truth. I love how he has to backtrack there because he knows <laughs> if history books are never going to say yep. that. <laughs> He's trying to dehumanize Republicans, dehumanize people who serve in state legislatures, dehumanize President Trump, dehumanize Trump supporters, dehumanize DeSantis. You know, uh, you texted me right after that speech and asked if I had watched all of it, and I hadn't at that point. I have now watched the whole thing. And... All of the characterizations of the right, by the right, of that speech, so desperately rely on nobody having actually listened to the entire oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Or even most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, if you listen to that whole speech, that's not, that's not what you, like, he went out of his way at the beginning to be like, it's not even the majority of Republicans. It's a minority of Republicans who are bullying the others. And it's like, I, I, I disagree with that. It actually is the majority of Republicans, but I get why he had to be that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. 
That's what he does. If you're a semi-fascist, you've been dehumanized. Well, you've been semi-dehumanized. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, Benedict, I'm going to hold something up in front of the camera if you can tell me okay, uh, uh, what, what, what might be... Uh, is it today's newspaper? Are you in no, a is hostage it, is it the situation? book we're reading for this oh, show yeah. in which he calls everyone to the okay. left of Goebbels Marxists? Yes, A, yeah. yes. Also, he loves to call the Democrats fascists. Like, not even semi-fascists. Marxists. The, the words he has the, used in this book incoherent. for everyone to the left of him is insane. Also, if you want to talk I about maintain... dehumanizing, Mark, that is you, buddy. I do, I do maintain how because I took the dust jacket off mine because it mm. annoys me when I'm trying to write. I and I forgot what the dust jacket had on it. Yeah. I maintain that the American flag, hammer and sickle, is a cool as. Oh, it's badass! It's, it's so I, cool. look. I would get that tattoo. I have no tattoos on my body. <laughs> I would get that tattoo because I think it's kind of badass. I think it's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not a commentator. He's not a political operative he's the president he's the so president he's not of the allowed, but you are is what you're saying and he's playing with fire they can attack lindsey graham all they want people don't like being treated this way not by the president not by the authorities not by the people who rule over them. So what did Donald Trump do? What, like, we talk about dehumanization. So this issue Again, of dehumanization this could, it, is a it, big this deal. This could have come out immediately after a Trump speech, and you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. It He's doing it again. <laughs> it would have made much more sense, as a matter of fact. Anyways, you get the idea of what Mark is going on about there. Uh, so, Benedict, with all that out of the way, we continue yes. our book review. We do. We complete our book review we of American Marxism by Mark Levin, the anti-communist Kool-Aid man. Mm. Oh no, <laughs> Marxism. <laughs> Just running through walls. Absolutely. Did I hear Marxism? Did I? They're Marxist! Hat tip! Rumble! Cut it! Go! Well, Benedict, why don't we get this out of the way? Beginning yeah. where we left off last time, which was page 258 for anyone following along at home well, god i hope home, no one yeah. follows along yeah at home. please don't i hope no one follows along with us oh doing these we begin <laughs> we begin with warmed up buckley right that's yes where, that's where yes we so he, yeah. we begin uh i believe last time we were talking about grade school education and now yeah, he's yeah. moving on to higher education he says quote higher education presents its own set of difficulties and challenges it is the breeding ground of american marxism where tenured marxist and radical professors rule the roost Indeed, the most subversive colleges and universities should be subjected to the kind of BDS movement its students and graduates often unleash on others. There are opportunities for real pushback. But again, and then again, he gives us a list of these suggestions of his for things to do, uh, beginning with number one, where he says, quote, Any parent who is involved in financially supporting a child's tuition to attend a college or university must at least attempt to exercise some control over the child's decision about which school he or she will attend. Here, we have real school choice. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of the parents exercising financial power over their 18-year-old child. Yeah. Real school choice, though. Did your parents have any say in where you went to college? Mine? No. Yeah. 
Okay, mine either, because, you know, obviously, I didn't go to college right out of school. By the time I finally went, I was too old, uh, uh, you know, they weren't going to give me any money. <laughs> well, I mean, also, I mean, the, the UK is a bit different, I will say, in that, like, basically, the government fronts you the money. Yep. Like, it, like it, you don't need any parental input, really, to, to be... And, like, obviously, living costs and everything. Well, like, I mean, obvi- okay, look, obviously, there's an implicit assumption in what Mark is writing here, which is that... The type of people who buy and read his books are the kind of people who have money to pay for their child's college education, yeah, right? I, I, I like when they're like, even if they don't need money, use your other influence as a parent. Right. Like, what is that? Right, right. That was really great. Like, he even goes into talking about Ivy Leagues and it's like, don't be hypnotized by the name and reputation. Then he's like, Harvard and Stanford both suck. And I'm like, yes, Mark, we agree on something. We agree that both of those places suck. Uh, But then paragraph two, I think, is where both you and I probably threw up a fist and went, Buckley! Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I literally wrote that, yeah. Yeah, it's right in my margins. Uh, He says, quote, Colleges and universities conduct constant fundraising campaigns where they reach out to graduates for financial support. Some of these institutions amassed huge endowment funds. This is an easy way to cut off a funding source to schools that are breeding grounds for American Marxism. In fact, campaigns should be launched to inform graduates and potential donors that they should withhold their support from certain colleges or universities that engage in silencing academic freedom, blah, 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 blah. And both of us, yes, yes, we, we got that uh, Buckley right out. It's Buckley, weird. Yeah. It's weird that we are able to connect threads this way. Yeah, it uh, fucking sucks. Why am I here? <laughs> It's a bit depressing. Oh, shit. We read the inspiration for that paragraph written, I don't know what, 60, 70 years later uh, by some douchebag radio host. Nothing's changed. I wonder what Buckley would think of Mark Levin. I do. I mean, they did have some overlap, right, in in that Buckley was alive into the, I want to say early 2000s or maybe it was late 90s. um, And that, that, you know, Levin has been a public figure for a pretty long time. I wonder if they ever met. Or if they ever crossed paths. That's, that'd be interesting. Yeah, probably. I don't know. but uh, They tend to be fairly insular. Yeah, but he does uh, make some suggestions, and this is one thing that kept crossing my mind. Like, you, you've basically said that all colleges are Marxist, uh, and parents need to make sure their kids don't go there. So, so where do you suggest that they go? And his suggestion, his extensive list of suggestions for colleges that are okay are... Hillsdale College, Grove City, among others. That's the list of suggestions he has among for good others. colleges. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> not he, how did Liberty University not make the list there? Well, because maybe they don't have a traditional approach to a liberal arts education. <laughs> maybe it's too crazy even for Mark because it's a wackadoo evangelical school and Mark is Jewish. Maybe that's just, he can't promote that. Hillsdale is just like that kind of Catholic conservative that is acceptable to people uh, uh, who who worry about the sort of religious indoctrination stuff on the right, but are still fully into the conservative indoctrination. So I think that's why he chose Hillsdale there. Can I just say before we move on that this like subsection of the book is the most insane way I've ever seen anyone number a list in my life. 
yes, where we have the list and then the list stops. Is that what you're talking about? He gets to point four and then there's like a page and a half where it looks like the list has ended. And then out of nowhere, there's a five. Yeah, then it picks (laughs) back up again. It picks back up. Then there's a six. (laughs) And then he stops doing the list again, but clearly lists a seventh point. Oh, it, it is psychopathic. The most insane way I've ever <laughs> seen anyone write a numbered list. Yes, I loved it so much. I loved it. Number three, point number three, though. The table should be turned on the most radical colleges and universities. Several should be chosen as examples where they are specifically targeted for BDS-like campaigns. Uh, and, and I mean, and then he gets to number four where he basically just says, use government power to attack colleges. Oh yeah. So free speech uh, is the real. I mean, we say we say this every time, but it's mm-hmm. like they only want to get rid of government power if the government is in against them. Yeah, like, I have an ex- I have some extensive notes in a couple pages that sort of dip into a, a similar thing, a similar thread uh, that's that's going along those same lines there. Uh, but uh, I did notice here that of course he is talking about outside speakers being banned from these colleges and you know the Richard Spencer thing is always worth pulling up cuz he's one of those guys. Uh, but he says, quote The time is long overdue when legislatures and governors must be pressured to take immediate actions to rein in the despotic aspects of these institutions. This is a weird one for me because, like, where does he think all these, like, elite educational places are? Like, they're mostly in places with, like, highly demographic, democratic state legislatures and governors. Right. So, like, what influence do you think you're going to exert here? I I think, I mean, like, I can see how Texas or Florida, that's the one, you know, because uh, think about it. Like, this book was written before Chris Rufo and his anti-CRT crusade had real success. Like, certainly Rufo was out there squawking about yeah. this stuff when it was written, but they hadn't had, like, all the bills passed in these Republican states to, like, ban supposed CRT. When, you know, yeah. you know, the real response that's is, true. that's not CRT, that's a speech by Martin Luther King you're talking about. Uh, yep. But, you know, I think that's the sort of thing they really want, and, and to some extent they have succeeded in, as far as, you know, the Florida anti-CRT bill, which I think that one was struck down on unconstitutionality, uh, and the, the Texas one as well, right? And they've had it in several other states all over the place. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's that's what I would say is what he means there. Yeah, I think that's okay. really what the goal is, and 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 maybe they've gotten it. But uh, he says to academia, it's all tenured professors. They're all radical. He actually says, "quote Too many of whom preach sedition," which was a strange thing to me it's because weird, yeah, uh, sorry, we talk about accusing your uh, yeah. your opponents of of traitorous. Well, traitorous I crimes. think he means that in like the old timey way that they would have meant it, where it's just like, well, you know, screaming communism. So. The more things change, the more they stay the same, really. Uh, But, you know, he wants to get rid of tenure, of course, because that's a big thing the right likes to crow about. I guess they think... You know what? I mean... I don't don't know enough about tenure and the justifications for it to have a fully developed opinion. I I, mean, I I, I actually think the reverse and think it should be really hard to fire anyone. Oh, yeah. But that's fine. Yeah, I I agree in the most part, right? We should have unions everywhere that fight for the rights of the workers and make sure that they aren't able to be fired real easily. Uh, But he's definitely against that. And he says, quote, There is no legitimate or rational basis for the extreme ideological and political lopsidedness of college and university faculties in numerous departments. 
Twitch, I just wrote in the margin, actually there is. Like, there, there's several. One is that reality is on the side of the left, right? Climate change and uh, CRT and all this stuff. You know, the yeah. places where real things are happening. It's all on the side of the left. Uh, the mm-hmm. other is that for, you know, certainly my entire life and certainly Mark himself has pushed and many others on the right have pushed for conservatives not to achieve a higher education. And when you do that, and there's a much smaller pool of people from your particular ideology who are pursuing PhDs or advanced degrees, you're not going to be able to find as many professors down the line in those groups because you don't have any of them to pull from. It's just... it, it. You can't not look at the world you have created, Mark, and not realize that you are part of the reason why that is lopsided. Exactly. That's very odd. But, you know, there's no real free speech on campuses. Of course, we know all about that. They won't allow guest speakers on on campus. And, and of course, going back. And this is also the point where I wrote in the book that this is the book I wanted the entire book. Right, because it's yeah. the first one where we really get Mark writing his own words. Mm-hmm. We've yeah, had for true. you know none of the big giant block quoting that we had. There's a, a couple spots where he quotes from his own past books, but th- if we had had this the entire book through, I would have loved this book because this is this last chapter is what we the first chapter and the last one are what we were looking for for the most part, and we didn't get. We got the bait and switch on this bullshit, mm-hmm. but this is this is exactly what I wanted from Mark. Just poor arguments uh, with very little support for them. Links to full-on URLs, or not links, but just putting full copy-paste URLs in the text. Love it. It's exactly what I was looking for. But we know, uh, you know, Bernie and and the other commies, they want to make colleges free so that they can indoctrinate more of these children. Mm, Yeah. And then, again, all that I was just talking about was in this section that was not numbered. And like you mentioned, Benedict, then we get to number five. Uh, which is that since... Uh, <laughs> a page and a half later. Yeah, they, they, that we need to get rid of Confucius Institutes, which yep. I think we've talked about before on this show, but it's like money it's from the Chinese... It's just a soft power China thing. Yeah, it it's... exactly is. It exact, it, it's the exact same thing that we do overseas with America. Yeah. And, like, well, like, the, I mean, loads of... Like, the Institute of Cervantes is a, Sp- is a Spanish one, and the right. Institute of Camões is a Portuguese... Like, there's always, you know, famous... Liter- insert famous literary person from country mm-hmm. here and call it an institute. Like, everyone does it. Are there non-frivolous arguments to stop accepting Chinese money and, you know, do, do something different? Absolutely there are. Absolutely there are. That's not the argument that, that Mark is making here. No. <laughs> it's just, they're commies! Uh, which is is never a good one. And then number six, more FOIAs, more Freedom of Information Act requests, because these people fucking love FOIAs. They really do. They think they're the end all be all of everything. Yeah. And because I mean, they've learned over the many years that they can just pick random out of context information from FOIA responses and pretend they have a major win. Just mm-hmm. a pretty good strategy, I think, because they've made a whole shitload of money off of it. Judicial Watch is flush with cash these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he ends this section by saying, quote, Finally, students obviously have a stake in their own education. If a professor is abusing his role and turning the classroom into a regular indoctrination seminar in support of the many Marxist-related movements, and not laugh reading this, the student should demand that the college or university refund his costs, even join with like-minded students and object 
to the professor's propagandizing to the school administration, and perhaps even consider litigation along commercial lines for false advertising, bait and switch, etc. Mark, you went to law school. You should know that's not a good fucking claim. That that is bad legal advice. You mm-hmm. should shut your fucking mouth and stop Bait and that. switch. Bait and switch. Bait and switch. You know all those bait and switch laws out there. Uh, but next, we get to the section on corporations. Ayn Rand observes. <laughs> that is how it begins. That is exactly how it begins. Uh, and I crossed out the word observed in mine and did the editor's symbol for an edition uh, and wrote shat out. So Ayn Rand shat out. Uh, quote, The greatest guilt of modern industrialists is not the fumes of their factory smokestacks, but the pollution of this country's intellectual life, which they have condoned, assisted, and supported. And then Benedict, immediately after that, Mark writes, Mark writes, so true. (laughs) So true. I couldn't put it better myself. Ayn Rand was a genius before her time. What she says is so true. And she was a public intellectual, and she was complaining about public intellectuals at the time. She could not be more right. It's just so true. Hit return. Start new paragraph. Yeah, literally. I love that it, it, so much. I really love I, that. I, like that is it, it, it. Beyond anything else, that is baby writing. Oh yeah. Like that is. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's writing in the age of Trump, isn't it? Where so many things were just ended <laughs> with sad. Yeah, you know? I mean, it is funny. I can imagine Trump being like, you know, Ayn Rand said, and then just getting it completely wrong. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, and then being yeah. like, amazing woman, Ayn Rand amazing once word. said, I, I get- once said <laughs> that I don't want this chicken. It's not what I ordered. Please bring me a hamburger steak. Ayn Rand, so true. So true. Uh, but... That is God damn. Sorry, I completely derailed myself just doing the Mark voice. Wow, this is okay. just nuts. This is just. Myself. I mean, am I not right that this, if this book was this good all the way through, we would have thoroughly oh, it would have been enjoyed much it. More fun. Yeah, yeah, it would have been great. Would have been much more fun. But he says now, corporations they have quote adopted BLM, other Marxist-oriented movements and agendas related to CT, the Democratic Party's. And the Democratic Party's deceitful voter schemes, which is a new one that we haven't really gotten in this book. But he wants to try and fit in a way to shit on Zuckerberg other than Facebook, I think, uh, which is the reason why he put it in there. But he points out that most companies generally give more money to the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. Yeah, generally, when, at least in like public donations. Well, I think when you look at like donations from, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, but when you look at like donations from the employees and from like the C-suite executives and stuff, generally more goes to the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. And I yeah, think I'm not sure that that should count. That's just like, hey, people that are employed are using their money in a certain way. Like, I don't think that counts as a corporate donation. I, well, I think also the same holds when you look at donations made in the name of the company itself. Although keeping in mind that you know there are like super PACs where you don't know who gave money to it so it could like that's where they're pumping in the money to go the other way it could be that that's what's happening but i think generally it's a recognition that the left has won the culture war or broadly speaking the left in america right the democratic party and everything to the left of that has won the culture war and just the things that the republican party pushes are so toxic that even these capitalist titans of industry over at Facebook and shit, 
they they're like, no, Republicans are gross. We don't want to give them money. Like we 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 don't want to give money to the fucking anti LGBTQ hate group that is called the Republican Party. Yeah, right. That's that's what that comes from. But he does some of that dragging out. Ah, they also all do business with China and kill all those Muslims. I don't really care about, but I'm performatively pretending that I do for the purpose of this yeah. argument. Always comes out in a you need a reason to hate China circumstance of these sorts of books. Mm-hmm. But we get to his list of things and begins with number one, where he it's calls... Slightly more list, list-like, yes, at least. Yes, yes. But in number one, he calls for each of us and our circle of friends, associates, and neighbors to practice... Can buy one Mark Levin book. <laughs> to practice what he calls... I mean, that would track with every conservative book we've ever read, yep. right? And he does un- he has done multiple ads for his other books inside of this book. So it's sort of yep. already there, but including in this. But instead, he calls for them to practice what he calls patriotic commerce. Patriotic commerce. What's that, Kevin? Well, Benedict, that is quote. Each of us needs to take a little time to determine whether the individual or company with whom we intend to do business shares our worldviews. If they do, mm-hmm. or are neutral and stay out of politics, then we should support them. If not, we should not do business with them and even organize boycotts against them as part of our BDS movement. That is It's so funny that he's like the liberals have ruined everything. Let's behave like, more like liberals. Like, like here's the thing. That is me not going to Chick-fil-A. I yeah. have not gone to Chick-fil-A forever. I don't go to Chick-fil-A. You know why? Cuz they're a bunch of fucking bigot assholes. So I don't go to Chick-fil-A. That's all he's saying. But he's yeah. saying, you know, don't go to the companies that do support Black Lives Matter or the oh, Human yeah, Rights like, Campaign. I mean, it, it's like it's or, like Black Rifle Coffee or whatever. What, right. Is that or, I don't. It's, that's what he said. I don't know yeah. if that company. I've heard different things about that company. I don't know if they intentionally courted assholes on the right, or if they sort of accidentally backed into it and couldn't get out until it was too late. I don't know what and happened with that company exactly. It, yeah. But they did sort of. The right said it did sort of you know, take them on as the premier coffee company of the shitbag right. Uh, But, you know, uh, he also says you should uh, economically support companies uh, that are targeted by the left. Uh, Or no, that's not what he's saying. What am I reading here? Yeah, that's, he says, moreover, you should support economically companies that are targeted but refuse to cave to these mob tactics, tactics. And he specifically goes after Goya. And he says it was boycotted by Marxist brigades. Okay, like three people didn't buy Goya for like a week. I, when again, they, when he, Benedict, I stopped buying Goya. That's fine. You're one of the I'm three I'm one people. of the three. You know, because a lot of the people on our side, you will hear a lot if you talk to people, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Which is something that I only hear when somebody is eating Chick-fil-A while stomping on an endangered species or driving over it in their lifted pickup truck that gets 10 miles a gallon, right? It's used as an excuse to make more unethical purchases than you otherwise would. Like, I, 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 I agree that, yeah, there might be an ethics problem with most consumption, but you can still choose between the more ethical of various means of consumption. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's how I, so yes, I did boycott Goya and I continue to boycott Goya. I don't think they were Marxist brigades out there boycotting Goya. No. Also the CEO who did that, I think his board, uh, forced him to stop making public statements 
they they censured him and made it so that he can no longer release public statements because the company apparently did take a pretty decent hit financially from that bullshit. Because remember, that is if, if you know anything about Goya, if you do a lot of cooking of various uh, uh, foods around the world, uh, that is a huge brand with Mexican-American people, uh, Goya. A lot of products geared towards uh, those communities from uh, Mexico and South, Amer- South and Central America. Uh, so can ima- can't imagine why they wouldn't have liked him making that thing in the, the, the White House with Trump. Uh, but also, you know, use social media to pressure these companies you don't like, blah, blah, blah. Of course, he ends that one with lobby state legislatures to investigate these corporations, particularly Invest- those that do business with communist China. That's what it's all about. Use the power of the state to attack your enemies. And then, number two, how do you know which corporations have sided with Marxist groups and causes? Well, he tells us the answer. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Of course, the internet (laughs) makes available significant information. And I just wrote, go to bed, Grandpa. Go to fucking bed, Grandpa. This is not 1992. Well, have you heard of the internet? Allow me to introduce you to the wonder of the internet. Yeah, he just basically tells people, here's some websites from shitbag right-wingers that tell you whether a company is good or bad or not. Great. Uh, Number three, he says, support for free market capitalism must no longer be confused with defending corporate oligarchism and crony capitalism. Fair enough, if you mean that. He doesn't. Cool. He does not he at does all. Not. Uh, I, I love that crony capitalism. We got in that crony capitalism line from a bunch of different people. I don't remember all of them, mm-hmm. but I know we got it from uh, Glenn Beck. Uh, I'm pretty sure we got it from Dinesh D'Souza. They love that line because it's an excuse to do exactly what he's going to do for the rest of this number, which is attack your enemies as the bad capitalists while still supporting the good ones, right? Where he says, yeah. quote, Therefore, let them live under the iron fist of their newfound partners and experience the consequences. When our allies and government are setting tax and regulatory policies, we must insist that they segregate the treatment of the oligarchical corporations from small and medium-sized businesses. Again, sounds okay. Sounds, go after... yeah, this is what always happens, though. This is that, like, Tucker It's what always... Shit. It is what always yeah. happens. It really is. Uh, he, he says that, you know, uh, uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, those are the ones he brings up, of course, because that's the ones they hate, uh, that they tried to destroy the upstart parlor is one of his examples. And, and no, no, the Nazis on parlor are the ones who destroyed parlor. Uh, mm-hmm. And none of the tech companies needed to do that. Uh, quote, ban scientific slash expert opinions that differed from that of government bureaucrats. Uh, so if you go after fake news on COVID, you're, you're uh, oligarchical, apparently. But he says, quote, we also witnessed hundreds of corporations collude against the Republican legislature in Georgia and its efforts to judiciously reform the state's election system. So that that's that's referring to moving the all-star game out of Atlanta. That's what that is. So fun. But he says, concluding, therefore, when Democratic controlled state legislatures or congressional Democrats turn on their new corporate allies and, for example, propose significant corporate tax increases, we ought not lift a finger to prevent them. He just says that you should make sure that small businesses and medium businesses don't get those taxes. Great. Great. And this... Cool. This Which is, is mostly how it works anyway. Well, this is the fascist faux populism. This is exactly what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. They have recognized that anti elitism is a very popular sentiment. 
mm-hmm. and they have used that. They have somehow used some of the rhetoric of anti-capitalism with ulterior motives. Because in no way do they have any problem with businesses being big. They don't. They love them some fucking uh, monopolies. They don't have any problem with it at all. They have a problem with those businesses not towing the particular line that they're angry about at this moment. So it's it's all, it's anti-elite, it is faux anti-elitism. It is faux anti-capitalism. They are using these things because they realize that this is what the people want. But whenever fascists do come to power, historically, they have con- confiscated properly property basically only from their political enemies and scapegoats. And that's just what this is setting up here. That's all it's I mean, mm-hmm. when the Nazis came to power, they didn't they didn't confiscate uh, property from the fucking uh, uh, factory owners and shit. They took it from the Jews, right? When the mm-hmm. uh, fascists in Italy came to power, they didn't go after the church. They didn't go after the big businesses. They went after the socialists. Like, this is mm-hmm. what always happens. Use the rhetoric of anti-elitism and anti-capitalism. Then once you're in power, you don't have to fucking worry about it. It's just... Do you get what I'm saying, Benedict? I do, yeah. yeah. I feel like, I, again... I didn't wanna, you, you were in a role. I didn't going back you. to my point that this is all fascism, I, I feel like I've put on the they live glasses and I only see fascism everywhere anymore. And I feel like that might be a problem for me if all I see anymore is fascism anywhere. <laughs> you are just Soylent Green is peopling it up to, <laughs> like... That's exactly what's happening. That is exactly what's happening. So, uh, number four... Again, uh, you know, big tech, they're all evil. Uh, it, no, it's always the fucking, it's always fucking big tech. Right. And this... Sign up to Rumble, Hat Tip Rumble and fucking Yes, yes. So this is, the, this is the list. Like, so what he does in this paragraph is he basically says, you know, ignore the, the big t- social media and stuff. These are the ones you should check out. And he says, quote, I am not tech savvy, but I know enough to suggest a few options. No, I guarantee you Mark Levin does not use any of these. Quote, Parlor, MeWe, Discord's community forums. What the fuck is that? Rumble, Vimeo, and BitChute, and the DuckDuckGo search. Not conservative, to be fair. Like Vimeo and well, and Vimeo Duck, Duck, Go, like is barely a thing anymore. Like no people use Vimeo. If they can't people get on Vimeo. YouTube, no people use Vimeo. Genuinely, like some people choose sure, to use Vimeo. Fine, it has better. Fine. Like, Fine, but yeah. also Parler, okay, MeWe, yeah. which I looked into and is like just some weird, we're not going to censor anybody's social media site that has a bunch of Nazis on it. So it's going to fail, yeah, yeah it's going to descend yeah. into Nazism. Uh, Discord, I, I don't know about you, but... Discord's fine. D- Discord is for gamers. That's what Discord is yeah, for. Yeah, mostly, yeah. That's who is on Discord. Gamer, okay, also, to be fair, gamers and Nazis. Uh, large mm-hmm. part of the Unite the Right rally was uh, organized on Discord. So I do have to say, uh, Mark does know where to send people. Uh, Rumble, which I believe is a video platform, first originally built for gaming. Yeah, yeah, it's Dan, it's Dan Bongino's. Yeah. It's Dan, Bong- Dan Bongino's. Yeah, yeah. Investor. And then uh, BitChute, which is another uh, video streaming platform. And DuckDuckGo, which I guarantee you Mark does not use. Mark uses Google. Yeah. Because he has the Google yep, Chrome sure. browser, and he types in the search bar at the top, and he doesn't know how to change it. He uses Google. Nobody uses DuckDuckGo. Go fuck yourself. But of course, the next suggestion he has in this section is repeal section 230, which they haven't really even talked about in a while now. No. Uh, I feel like it was, a, it was a thing for a minute, and then they all forgot about it really quickly. But of course, as we all know, 
repealing Section 230 of the uh, Community Decency Act would not do what they think it would. No, it's got nothing to do with It would destroy the it's... internet as we know it, and in particular, make it so that places like Parler go long before Facebook and Twitter do. Yeah, everything everything would become a, a very sanitized right. publishing Right, right. You would barely be able to post anything. And he also even says that, you know, uh, Section 230, according to Mark, what it does is it makes it that these places, these, these sites like Twitter and Facebook, they are immune from liability, unlike... Unlike newspapers, who are uh, are subject to that, and and that's again, as I think I've talked about on the show before, that is not true. If you post no, on I mean, the comment section of a newspaper, yeah. the newspaper has Section Two Thirty uh, liability protection for your post mm-hmm. on the comment section of that newspaper. Yeah, exactly. it is. It is not what they pretend it is. Section Two Thirty makes it so that the owner of a website cannot be sued for something put up by someone else such as a social media post or a comment. That's what it makes it just basically putting uh, the distinction that would probably be made at common law anyway, that the person doing Mm -hmm. the speaking is not the website. It is the person who typed and posted uh, whatever the comment or the post is or whatever it is. But of course he wants that done. Uh, And then he blames, uh, I think, losing the election on Mark Zuckerberg, uh, who donated hundreds of millions of dollars mainly to get out the vote efforts. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a, we know that get out the vote efforts are a bad thing, uh, mainly because I guess Mark Zuckerberg Mark. donated yeah. primarily to democratic get out the vote efforts, uh, rather than yeah. fascist get out the vote efforts. So that's, that's well, bad. not even that it was get out the vote efforts in like democratic regions, right? Like cities. Yeah. And, like, I, I think this thing. has come up with us before, but also there was that one, I think it came up on an episode where we talked a bit about, uh, election fraud stuff where he donated to money that like went to buy a couple of, uh, vote drop boxes and like, mm-hmm. uh, that voting in the park thing that I think we talked about in one of the States that somebody was claiming was fraud. So like, yeah, they'll, they'll, I mean, he is part of the election conspiracy. They will say that Mark Zuckerberg helped to steal the election because he donated some money that went towards, like, drop boxes. So that's definitely part mm-hmm. of their lore, as it were. But, uh, you know, yeah. he says, uh, make all these things irrelevant by refusing to use them. Uh, ABC and NBC and CNN and AT&T and, and, and uh, Mark, y- you already don't watch CNN. So... How much more are you going to do by having your audience to this book not watch CNN? Boycott them. Yeah, they already are not watching, for sure. But then, Benedict, then we get to something finally fun, uh, where he says that instead we should should focus, quote, on the increased number of independent journalists and news sites that are far more reliable than big media outlets. And he gives us a URL. And Benedict, wouldn't you know it, I went to that URL this time. Oh, no. Why? This one is for libertynation.com forward slash top dash conservative dash news dash sites. And when I I typed that in, uh, it gave me a 404 error. So, but I went to Liberty Nation News, which is this website, libertynation.com, and uh, I did Mm -hmm. some looking around. I searched... Uh, for, for example, top conservative sites. And I found that basically every year, although they didn't do it in 2021 for some reason, uh, they put out an article titled, top, uh, oh, I just closed one on accident, uh, clicked in the wrong place, titled Top Conservative News Sites to Read in 2022. Bennett, do you want to hear what's on their list? 
Hell yes, I do. <laughs> number one, Benedict. Uh, or should we start at 20? Or no, should we start at number one or at number 20? Oh, Jesus. Start at 10. Oh, God. Don't do them all. Well, I have to Turn talk about count number down. 20. I have to talk about it. Okay, fine. Uh, number 20, Benedict. The Western Journal. Have you ever heard okay, of the Western fine. Journal? Yes, yes I have. you have. Because it is one of the yep. premier, premier purveyors of fake climate science uh, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also a hotbed of white supremacy, anti-Islam sentiment, and other forms of racism out there. Fun fact, it was also founded by Floyd Brown, the same guy who founded Citizens United. Uh, yeah, yeah. And who introduced the Willie Horton ads during the Bush Dukakis mm. races. That's who that right. is. That is number 20. Number 19, Media Research Center. Number 18, uh-huh. OANN, One American News Network. Another. I'm surprised that's on the AT. Right. Jeez. Number 17, Real Clear Politics. Number 16, National Review. I'm surprised that even made their list, really. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, it's got it's got history. It's got sure, some it's got some, some seeding. To it. I Number guess. fifteen, judicial yeah, yeah. watch. If you want to just stare mm, at Tom okay. Fitton's biceps all day. Uh, yep. Number fourteen, the Washington Times. And if you're asking okay. yourself, is that the one for the cult? They both are. Because I know you they are. They both are. <laughs> but don't worry. The other one is at number ten. Uh, okay. no- <laughs> number thirteen, reason. Number 12, The American Spectator, which has, like, some legitimate... Like, Malcolm Gladwell used to write for The American Spectator. He wrote written some things for it at some point. Number 11, Junk News Site Zero Hedge. Absolute fake news site, Zero Hedge. Yep. Uh, Number 10, The Washington Examiner. The other one for a cult. Yep. Number 9, PJ Media, which is just a shitty blog, which posts a bunch Mm -hmm. of fake news. Uh, eight, the Gateway Pundit, another fake news site, run out of St. Louis, where I currently live. <laughs> That's why it's mm-hmm. called Gateway. Uh, number seven, Just the News, okay. which I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar at all. Yep, I know that one. Number yep. six, Benedict, Liberty Nation, the website I am on. Great. <laughs> this is like some SEO bullshit where people do like <laughs> top three garden hoses you can buy on like the gardenhose.com blog. I don't know but garden they hose brands, themselves. but you know what I mean. Why like, did they not, they put themselves at six? Number well, six? Well, because you can't put yourself number one because then people are like, I don't trust this list. <laughs> they put themselves at number one. Well, Benedict. So it's, a, it's actually a genuinely a thing that people do yeah. is like they do like a whole blog and then they put themselves like somewhere in the oh, list. Yeah. They just like sprinkle themselves in, you know, just to make themselves. Yeah, you good. can't lie and say you're number one. But I did uh, just wondering why they chose six. I went to their Facebook page, and I think for conservative news, Facebook is sort of like the best uh, indicator of engagement, obviously, right? Because that's where boomers are. Mm. Um, So if you go look at their Facebook page, at Liberty Nation 1776 is their handle on Facebook. They have 90,000 follows. 90,000. Remember, this is the group that Mark Levin cited to in his book. Liberty Nation. Uh, their most recent post, 27 minutes ago, uh, has 16 reacts and two shares. Uh, the post they did four hours ago has uh, one like. One like. Okay, yeah. that's. Not uh, right. If you scroll a little further down, uh, you can find one that they have, uh, an article titled, What a Special Master Means for Trump Investigation. Uh, it has three comments, 47 reacts. Ah. I'm sorry, four comments now and one share. Okay. Um, here's uh, here's what they say. Uh, Linda Gonzalez says, 
it is going to show just how corrupt our government has become! Exclamation point. Uh, Ricky James, he put a meme as a, a reply, which says uh, in the top top text, Master Blaster, with like uh, a fun font with like some lightning shooting through it. Uh, okay, I'm bored of this. What's number a, five? A photo of Donald Trump in the middle, and then bottom text. This is not working in an audio-only medium, <laughs> Kevin. Please just do number of five. Of Democrats, Democratic Party, and rhino globalist sure. corruption. That's what it is. Number right. five, Benedict. Number five, Town Hall. Town Hall is yep. number five. Uh, number yep. four, American Thinker. I don't, I don't know. I was that not one familiar is. with it. I didn't take the time to look up all of these. I just went with that right. one. Not familiar. Number three, Breitbart, of course. Yeah. That makes sense, sense to be on the list. Number two, Benedict. This one's going to shock you. Is it Daily Caller or Daily No, Wire? neither made the list. Number really? two, Epic Times. Wow. Okay. The one that run by the me. Falun Gong cult rather than the other that cult. That doesn't shock me at all. That doesn't shock me at we all. We have I'm, two I'm cult run newspapers on this list. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yes, Epic Times, which is basically like screaming Marxism into the void put into print form. Uh, that made number yeah. two. Number one, The Federalist. Okay. The shit post incarnate. I shocked Daily Wire didn't make Right. It and I went, they did it for a couple years. So I went through, uh, you know, a couple of the different ver- And like things shift, shift around a little bit. They'll change it, you know, positioning on a couple of things. But for the most part, they're, they're pretty in the same place. They don't move around a whole bunch. Uh, but, I mean, I also found a post that said top 10 conservative podcasts to download in 2019. You want to see what's on that? Okay, we're not doing that. No. <laughs> Hardcore history is number 10. Oh, they called really? it a conservative podcast. I don't know why. I mean, Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin's kind of a libertarian, sure. I guess. Sure. Like... Dan Bongino show was number one. Ben Shapiro is number two. That's sure. all you need to know about it. Okay. Uh, that, right. that was, again, that's from LibertyNation.com. But uh, Benedict, so that's that's the kind of great sourcing we're getting on this. Basically, he then great. says to boycott the NBA. You know, whatever. Uh, yep. Because BLM. And then we get to climate. We're almost at the end. We are yeah, four pages, there, four yeah, pages from the end. There. Climate, okay, he says, there. quote, As discussed earlier, the climate change movement, parenthetical, previously global cooling and global warming, end parenthetical, is a degrowth anti-capitalism movement that will- No, it's not. Shut up. <laughs> Benedict, we, lear- we learned about how it's about degrowth. We learned about that. Kevin, I know what he purports to have told us. It's bollocks. <laughs> You did bring British slang back from your vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true, I did, yeah. I warned you. At bottom, it is a broad-based war on your property rights, liberty, and way of life. And skipping down a ways, it will make the abuses of power we saw and experienced from reckless and tyrannical state governments in dealing with the coronavirus pandemic and the grievous violations of civil and religious liberties pale by comparison. I mean... Since that was basically nothing with the coronavirus, maybe, maybe if we're like, okay, you you have to buy electric cars now, maybe that's more than you can't go pretend to talk to a guy in your building this Sunday. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like his, I, I, skipping down a bit, but his solution to everything is FOIA requests. Yes, he always has FOIA requests. (laughs) He always does. And- in this section, he does sort of acknowledge that part of the justification of these FOIA is that he thinks it will slow down regulatory processes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't realize that every agency of government has a FOIA office that is disconnected from the other offices. And so 
you're you're not gonna slow them down if you just file a bunch of stupid FOIAs. You're really not, because there are people whose full time job is to deal with your FOIA requests. With FOIAs, yeah. It's not going to bother anybody. Uh, he does some lying about one, what John Kerry meant uh, at one point. He says, quote, John Kerry underscored that there will be no limit or end to the encroachment on our liberties in the name of climate change, which is true of all Marxist-spawned movements in America. Kerry declared, and this is the quote from Kerry now, I just remind everybody that that will depend on whether or not we have some breakthrough technologies, some breakthrough innovations, number one. But even if we get to net zero, we still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So this is a bigger Mm -hmm. challenge than a lot of people have really grabbed onto yet. That sentence was supposed to justify what Mark said before it. And it didn't. No. And it can't. No, he he picks bad quotes a lot of the time. He's like, yeah, I've done the reading. Uh, I mean, you could find, I'm sure if he did the work, he could find a bad John Kerry quote, like out of context that just says what he wants it to say. I'm sure he could, but that one doesn't even come close to doing the job. No. Uh, And then he ends the section on climate change by just saying that they uh, need to take back the House and Senate and get rid of tax exempt status for environmental groups. That's it. Because he claims they're they're not actually nonpartisan. It's all politics. Blah blah blah. Climate change is fake. Go fuck yourself, Mark. Finally, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and rioters is the next subset. And leading into law enforcement. Leading into yes, kind of go together. I I read them as together. There's no reason to split them up really the way he did it. Uh, But he says, "quote The failure of the federal government to unleash criminal investigations and bring charges against Antifa." BLM, and other domestic terrorist organizations for the mayhem they have unleashed and billions of dollars in damage they have caused in American communities is scandalous. And um, he's really just lining up Ron DeSantis for the rest of this chapter for the next yeah, presidential also, again, run. again, once again, Trump was president when this happened. Yeah, also like, true. Also true. But it just struck me that he kept going back to what Florida is doing is so great. For the rest of this chapter. They're just letting people run over protesters these days. I mean, like. sort of is what they're all about these days. But he, yeah. for one thing, he pro- he proposes that private individuals use RICO lawsuits. And I put my best Pope hat hat on and went, it's never RICO. It's never RICO. Uh, that's mm-hmm. Ken White, by the way, a lawyer who, who always yeah. deals with questions about RICO because it's never RICO. Rico is never it. No. If you're a lawyer suggesting that there's a Rico, you're a dumb lawyer because it's not Rico. Uh, <laughs> and then at the end, before we get to law enforcement, he just suggests that people snitch. Uh, he just says, like, oh, take yeah, down yeah. license plates and, and tell the cops. So snitch. Uh, so fuck you, Mark. But now, law enforcement. Uh, and this is the final section of the chapter where he says, to begin, quote, law enforcement is under attack by Antifa. BLM, and other Marxist anarchist groups, violent criminals, democratic politicians, the media, etc. In- <laughs> <laughs> the man cannot do a list without etc. No. on the end. Or a numbered no, list no, at all. Indeed, since the appearance of BLM and its sympathetic media coverage, a positive view of law enforcement has decreased, particularly among the minorities. I mean, could there be a reason for that? Perhaps yeah. the fact that the cops murder a bunch of minorities has something to do yep. with that? And and groups like this shine a light on that? Which you try to ignore? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it? Maybe. But he also, and this was just something I want to highlight because I found it egregious. 
Uh, he says, quote, However, although police are now routinely accused in the media of racist targeting of African Americans and other minorities, the evidence simply does not support these charges. And then there is a, a citation for an endnote, 75. Benedict, do you see where I'm going with this? The next sentence. Moreover, 81% of black Americans want to retain the local police presence in their communities, with many wanting an increased presence. No endnote yeah. citation. For the statistic you supposedly drop in your chapter. Feels like we didn't need one for the previous sentence, huh? You think? But maybe we needed yeah. one for the, the, the 81% number you're dropping. Just felt... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's fair to have one in the previous sentence, but you should definitely have one in yeah. the next sentence. Yeah, feels like, feels like a place where you have it. But uh, skipping down to towards the end of the page... The result of all of this, all of this just being people don't like the cops anymore. Uh, across the nation, police recruitment and retention have plummeted. The thin blue line is breaking and the civil society is descending into chaos. Fascism, but, fascism bunker. Let, like, but I don't know if you looked out the window recently, but it's, it's just uh, fire everywhere. Civil society is decaying. <laughs> there is no civil society. Civil. No more civil society. Anymore. No more uh, if state law permits, there is no reason why police officers should not bring civil suits against individuals who physically assault them, and even the organizations behind violent riots that result in them being assaulted or injured, such as Antifa and BLM. And his mm. suggestion is basically um, give money to cops. That's it. Yep. Give money to cops. That's but fine. Ben Benedict. And then his last paragraph, which I know we're going to read, is basically uh, everything I've said here should be disavowed. Last paragraph's pretty great. Last paragraph is pretty great. And this is, again, the last paragraph of the book. I will read it as I do in its entirety. And it says, quote, General George S. Patton reported. <laughs> that sharp turn from this shitbag yep. chapter of lists of here's how you can go to this URL and find out where the good to George Patton once said. Like, you can't make that turn. He didn't even try to make you that can. turn. You can and he He went will. abruptly from a sentence with a URL in it to General Patton once said. Wow. Yep. Wow. Really lazy. General George S. Patton reportedly said, Never tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and they will surprise you with their ingenuity. Thus, at this point, I have provided some concrete ideas and suggestions on how to proceed. But by no means is this an exhaustive list of possible actions or action areas. In the end, it is up to you to decide how to best help actively save our republic and what role you will choose. That said, Patton also reportedly declared, no good decision was ever made in a swivel chair. Well, at the end of this book, well, or, while this is the end of the book, it is the beginning of a new day. And then Benedict... One sentence separated from the rest that ends the chapter that is totally yep. in italics. We yep. choose liberty. Patriots of America, unite. And that Amazing. Amazing. You know how I you know say how sometimes the first chapter that every conservative thinks they are gallantly singing. Can you hear the people sing from Les Mis? But yeah. really, they're just doing it like... They're just doing fart noises that they think are in tune. That's yep. exactly that right there. 
It is, yeah. That is how he ended the first chapter with Patriots of America. Oh, did he do that? So, I for- yeah, I completely yeah, forgot about that. It's a cool. Back. Oh, I got I gotta uh, skim back through and find that now. Is it the same phrase exactly? No, because we choose liberty is the title of this chapter. So he's saying, oh, okay, he's ending the chapter. We choose liberty. Patriots of America unite. The previous chapter just ended with Patriots of America. Not the previous chapter. Chapter one ended with just Patriots of America unite. Okay, but but Benedict, in that one, it is all in all caps. Ah, yeah, it's not italicized. And... Not italicized. And then he's become less emphatic about it. <laughs> Just italics, not all caps this time. Uh, the last thing, the last thing we have to note is the cute dog on the last page there. It is a cute yep, dog. Yeah, yeah. Apparently his dog died, and he wanted to put the dog in the book. So I, that's sad. Good for good that you know. Good for Mark. Levin. I won't begrudge a man uh, uh, member the memory of his lost dog. Although maybe I would be happier if Mark Levin went out like George Patton. It does call to mind the Twitter account racist. Have <laughs> you ever seen that? <laughs> it's like people with cute pets as their avatars just being racist on Twitter. Is, like, by the oh, way, that is a okay. fucking amazing Twitter follow. That is a fucking yeah. amazing Twitter follow. You should all follow. It's a great one. Are they still around? I like. I was lost. I haven't I was, seen it in a like, long time, so maybe ago. they're not tweeting anymore. But I remember not that long ago. It was like a year or two ago. That 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 account was lit. That was one hell of an yeah. account. Uh, every everything everything is a milkshake duck. <laughs> it always yeah, is. Yeah. Always. But final reflections, Benedict. Final reflections for the only actual Mark Levin portion of the book, which I would say is yeah. the last chapter there. It has been it's, over it's a year. It always goes. Yeah. It's been well over a year since this book came out. And nobody has given a fuck about any of his recommendations. That's... No. And I think that's sort of enlightening. You know what I mean? Because, A, radio listeners listen to you on the radio. They're not going to read your book, dude. Uh, the the yeah. sorts of places that make this book a bestseller are, of course, all the bulk purchasers. That's who, and the people who buy it at Costco and think they're gonna read it, but really just stick it onto the the table next to the couch and where it sits for six months until it finally makes its way to the bookshelf you have for the unread books that you bought that you think will make mm-hmm. you smart. But nobody has done really any of his recommendations, and it's, it's not just I think because the right is unsuccessful at ever doing a boycott, which they are. They're really never able to pull off a boycott that has any real yeah. impact because they are the minority, not the majority. Um, but also because, you know, those sorts of th- and, uh, the BDS type stuff he was talking out about for most of that chapter goes against their beliefs. Like, yeah, you know, well, they say it does. Yeah, well, it, it does. But it's like, you know, when your, your whole idea is built around the market decides and, you know, the market decides what yeah, the right yeah. price is and how, who is the purchaser and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't, there's no room there for a BDS movement. No, that's for people who mm-hmm. have values and ideas, not for Mark Levin and his followers. But, you know, nobody, I, 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 that's what I thought. That's what I wrote on the last page. There's virtually mm-hmm. no impact from any of his suggestions. And not just because nobody actually read this book, but because even those who did read this book either didn't give a fuck about the things that he wrote that they should do, they just prefer to whine and complain about things, or because they went, nah, that one requires some actual effort. I'm not going to do that one. I'm not going to go file a FOIA request. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> going to do that. Even I don't do that. But, uh, so Benedict, that's it. That's it for Mark Levin. I mean... Blessed. What did we learn from this book? That... The Mark loves a fucking block quote. God damn, if that's not the the thing we learned the most of. I mean, I... Yeah. 
like I said, if the can't do a numbered list. <laughs> if the last chapter of this book had been the way the entire book was done, this would be one of our favorite books we had done. It would be absolutely fantastic. But unfortunately, yeah, so. it was just a lazy mess of bullshit. It was just a lazy yeah, mess of block quotes. They often are. I think I think one of the things that stud I, I want to do a little bit of a review because we're not gonna I don't think we're gonna do the the you know breakdown when we go do the next episode on Alex Jones. Um, yeah. I want to just you know for a couple minutes here talk about it. So mm-hmm. I think what stood out to me the most was the connections we were able to draw between Mark Levin, who I think is as I've described him many times. Uh, not a leader, but a follower, right? He's someone who is not coming up with the fresh new ideas and the lines and stuff. He has incorporated a lot of them from the conservative ecosphere yeah. into his own uh, uh, ouvoir. And so that's that's sort of where you get. But we've been able to track things that we've seen. Obviously, we just did today with the Buckley stuff, right? We're able to see where a lot of that comes from and how it makes its way mm-hmm. to him. And I think that's one yep. of the more interesting things that we've learned uh, throughout this book. Is there anything for you, Benedict, that you found particularly interesting about this book? Well, no, I, well, I, I think what he chooses to talk about is interesting and it's very like a la mode, but I, as you say, quite, it's very cycle behind the mode. Yeah. It's very cyclical, but some of it, I mean, there are some sticking points that is just like the, the classic either long-term or medium-term conservative talking points. So the higher education thing is a long-term one. Mm. Big tech is kind of a medium-term one. Um, I think CRT will probably be a short-term one. You do? Really? Yeah, I think they'll move on to looking at it a different way. Um, I think it's probably had its day. I think think it'll probably move on to more of a school choice fight broadly than CRT. Because it's, it's kind of already done that. It's kind of like you're, it's now like a, like a, they've moved on to like your kids are teaching or being taught about trans people in schools and like you should just have them homeschooled or, so I think that'll become the fight in terms of education rather than like fighting over what specifically gets taught in class. I think that was the gateway into this um, would be my guess anyway. I mean, that's possible. I could see that happening. I think CR, I think it's basically like CRT is the, the, the Kleenex of this particular panic. It's the, Mm. the phrase that's been settled on. And so where, and I've spoken before about how a lot of these right-wing media figures rely on, uh, epithets in literally the Homeric (laughs) fashion. (laughs) Um, I think that that is the new, the new epithet for, uh, this particular form of panic. Of, you know, they're teaching my kids that white people did bad stuff in the past. I think it's now going to be CRT for eh, the near future, maybe for a little while longer. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yes, this book has been a ride. We are very glad to be done with it, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, anything, anything will be more fun than this. Absolutely anything. And of course, we now have the Alex Jones book, The Great Reset coming next so we will begin that uh in two weeks we will do the introduction to the author episode um it means i've got to look at a bunch of clips of alex jones and have some stuff to play so we'll have that that'll be a whole lot of fun um i think that also opens up some new opportunities for patron only stuff with alex jones Mm -hmm. i think for example uh you know we watched part of the alex jones uh versus david duke uh interview i think you know, maybe we could do the whole thing for patrons because we still can't find the not right... Not all at once. <laughs> not all at once. We're still not having trouble finding a new patron-only book. 
when we get done with the conscience of a conservative. Uh, I haven't found anything that really fits the mold yet, so maybe we'll have. I kind of. Some... I was thinking about this just earlier. I kind of want to do a Gorka book. Really, as patron only. Yeah. Has, what has he written? Maybe. I've never even looked into what he he's wrote. Written. Something in twenty. He, he wrote something in twenty nineteen. Anyway, we can talk about this off the air. Oh, okay. But yeah. He uh, wrote uh, the War for America's Soul in twenty. Oh, okay. The Art of War Part Two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll see. Maybe that's a possibility. That might be one to do. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, let us All know, right. uh, patrons. Give us feedback. Let us know. You know where to reach us. Patreon. I hate the Patreon website, but uh, Twitter mostly. You can reach us on Patreon as well or at the email address, uh, kevinandbenedict at gmail.com. But that is it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, and if you want more of us, you can, of course, go and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. Except, of course, not this week. Thank you, Benedict. As always... We have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Polly Hauptman, Melissa C., J.D., George Saulnier, Tinker's Dam, Janet Yutter, Stefan, Shannon Hellman, Utah Outcast, Brent Lee, Dave Barwick, Dodd Snow, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Stephen and Cindy Dimmock, A.J. Brantley, Taru DeCannon, and Balls Waterson. Thank you always for being our patrons. That's the show. Till next time, the hook brings you back. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Book Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.